0: Sacred Pause with Jessica Windorl Hey everyone, Jessica here. We are wrapping up season 2 of the One Sacred Pause podcast. This week is season 11 of season 12. So next week is the last episode of the second season. It's kind of hard to believe that we've already Gosh come so far. It's been about almost a year. Um, this week's episode though is, uh, with two really beautiful Ayurvedic practitioners, Leah and Trudy, the co-founders of Pavani Ayurveda. And this is such an enjoyable episode. I hope that you can get a lot out of it about Ayurvedic rituals and kind of understanding, following the natural rhythms of nature around us and, um, After we recorded this episode, I really was left with kind of this lingering feeling that was very sweet and very nice. And I realized it was because Leah and Trudy met at the California College of Ayurveda, and they were talking about back when they met and how kind of their partnership came to be. And it really took me back to when I did my Ayurveda yoga therapy training at the California College of Ayurveda in 2009, and this was such a a cool experience because my teacher Maggie or Margaret Koblasova, she actually had gotten special permission from Dr. Mark Halpern to run this training in Park City, Utah, where I was living. And I met on the weekends at her house, and it was me and five other women, and we would sit in her living room and talk about Ayurveda and learn Ayurveda. And then we'd all pack our lunches and sit around and eat lunch together and talk about life. And we're still uh, in touch and friends today, uh, a decade later. So I think it just really kind of struck a chord with me. And it was just kind of a reminder about the importance of community. And when we participate in teacher training programs, it's not just about learning the information and then thanks, graduation. There's this long standing bond that you form with people who you are in the exact same time and space with. And so it just, it was really just a nice reminder, um, taking me back to that special time that really changed my life. Ayurveda changed my life. And it was also the first time in that training I'd experienced Yoga Nidra, which of course is a big part of my life also. So, anyways, as we're wrapping up with season two, I just wanted to let everybody know that season three is in the works. I am so excited. I already have some really amazing guests lined up. And the most exciting news is season three is going to be kicking off with a live podcast episode. The tentative date is June 5th and it's going to be in Oslo, Norway. And I am so excited because I'm interviewing a neurologist who is also a dedicated yogi and meditator. And her area of expertise is actually brain and sleep science. So we're going to be talking all about the brain and brain activity and what happens when you meditate and what happens when you sleep and why sleep is so important. And she's just a wealth of knowledge and she's also really down to earth and approachable. So it's going to be an amazing kickoff. Uh, we will be selling tickets to that. There'll be food, there'll be drinks, there'll be a giveaway. So stay tuned if that's something that you are interested in and would like to attend. And other than that, I just want to let everybody know that we still have a few spots available in registration for some of our upcoming teacher training programs at the Atman Yoga School. We have the Restorative and Yoga Nidra teacher training, our weekend format, which is the first weekend of May, May 3rd through 5th here in Oslo. And then we have our 200-hour Vinyasa and Ayurveda teacher training, and that starts in June in Oslo. So if you're interested, go to our website, ww www.atmanyogaschool.com and check everything out. And then send us an email at hello at if you'd like additional information or to register. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoy the episode. Bye. Welcome to the One Sacred Pause podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Winderl, and today I'm really excited. I am talking with two women about their careers and Ayurveda and their new or new ish, we'll find out, company that is dedicated to bringing Ayurvedic self care ritual to the world. So I want to welcome Leah and Trudy from Paivani Ayurveda. Welcome, ladies.
1: Thank you. Hi, so Judge.
2: Hi, yeah, thank you. Hi, everyone.
0: Yes. Hello. Oh, yes. Awesome. This is our second time recording. Uh, We've had some tough technical difficulties. So everything is good now. And And there's dogs and there's everything's right in the world for us to talk about Ayurveda and meditation and all the things that we love about what we get to do every day and, and how we get to live our lives, which is super inspiring to me. And, you know, that's why I reached out to you ladies, uh, is because I've kind of been watching the things that you do through everybody's favorite format of social media, Instagram. (laughs) And I think it's really cool that you're creating these beautiful products and making them accessible to people who maybe don't understand what Ayurveda is, or why it would be important to incorporate some of these rituals into daily life. So uh, I want to get into that. But first, I'd love to maybe have you share with how you guys met, where you kind of came into Ayurveda, and then eventually what what was the catalyst for creating a company together?
1: Yes, let's start there. Um, Leah and I met back in the fall of 2011 at the California College of Ayurveda. Uh, the Ayurveda College is located in Nevada City, California, And Leah was already living in town at the time, and I moved to town to start the program. And I was immediately drawn to Leah. Like, Leah has great style and just has this really chill, down-to-earth vibe about her, and I was immediately intrigued by her. Um, And our relationship and friendship blossoms through our time at the college, and we shared similar interests, loved the same music, Uh, And we were also really both drawn to herbalism within the field of Ayurveda. We took the Ayurvedic herbalism apprenticeship that was about nine months in length that the Ayurveda College offered. It was just an extra thing you could do on top of your regular studies there. And at that time, I think, is when Leah and I really fell in love with just developing formulas and making different products, and it's just cool that you can make products that are 100% earth-based, nothing synthetic about them, and I just immediately knew that I wanted to have products in my bathroom that didn't have any preservatives or anything like that, and through our time at the college, we Discovered that, oh, now we have the tools and the knowledge to create our own skincare and body care products. And we met probably in what year was that? 2014. We just met up for lunch and we had had this idea about doing a dosha specific skincare line. We had talked about it like the year before, just when we were doing some Ayurveda stuff together. And Leah and I were both like, that's a great idea, Doshan-specific skincare line, you aren't seeing a lot of that coming out quite yet, we should do that. And then we just kind of set it and didn't didn't pursue it. And then, I don't know what happened in January 2014, we just both had space available in our lives to create something. And we were like, "Yeah, let's do it." We didn't think too much into it, which is probably a good thing because if we knew everything <laughs> that it was going to entail to start a business, we might not have done it. So it's probably good we didn't. We didn't know what was ahead, but um, yeah. So we started in twenty fourteen. We're in year
0: five, and that's how we that's how we met. Oh, congratulations! Five years is a really big deal and a big milestone. So that's something to celebrate. Thank Thank you. you. And so then you guys, what was the kind of turning point when you were like, okay, let's take this conversation further beyond just kind of the daydream. And what was the first actual step you took to start your business? Was it the name?
2: That was definitely one of the first steps was the name. Um, We knew, I think we knew pretty much right away that we wanted it to be a Sanskrit term. And we actually wanted it to be Sundari. That was the first name that we picked, which means beautiful in Sanskrit. Um, But then we did our research and we found that that name was already trademarked for a um, a skincare company. Um, So we weren't able to do that. And then, you know, we were just searching around through all the beautiful scripts. Sanskrit words. And we found Pavani. And um, I think I was really drawn to it because I really loved the way that it looked at the double A's. It had a beautiful mm. layout and it was really unique. And I just love what it means. And it, it means purity. And I feel like that just fully embodies who we are as a company, just wanting to really uphold the purity of the herbs, and the purity of what goes into our products, what they're made up of. Um, so I, I think it was just perfect for our company's name. So yeah, that was definitely one of the first steps and, and the business plan. I think that really is what first, was like our first step, was doing the business plan, laying it all out, and you know just making sure that it made sense to start this business.
0: Yeah, I think you know just the idea of the name of your your. It's beyond a company. It's beyond a brand. I think when you're working within the wellness space, and specifically when your offering has a connection to a spiritual practice. And I know when I was thinking about um, naming my yoga school, same story. The name I wanted was taken, and then it turns out that the name that I chose ended up being the perfect name. And so I was actually really grateful that the the first name I thought of wasn't available. And I feel like we were able to really grow into what it is that our businesses encompass. And the name is so important, but I think we also have to have a little bit of room there for it not to be like the end all and be all of starting or not starting a business. If you're like, oh, the, that name I want isn't available. It's like, okay, well, you know, sit with it a little bit more, meditate on it a little bit more. What other options? Um resonate with you and mm-hmm. it's just it's so amazing how everything kind of plays out with something that doesn't seem like a big deal and then it turns out to be a big deal
1: right. yeah definitely I think Sundari was such a beautiful name but I think in a way people had already thought about it you know like we had a girlfriend that owns a a little clothing store in town, and she called it Sundari, and we were like, oh, that's funny. That's what we wanted to name our company. So it does kind of push you to think outside the box a little bit and get more creative and do a little bit more research into a name, and then, yeah, I agree. It becomes like something really special and unique.
0: Yeah. And also, I think it does force you to get more clear about exactly what it is you're doing. I mean, you have the business plan, yes, but also the essence or the soul of what it is that you're creating and you're bringing out into the world. I think that's where perhaps some people struggle is their their vision isn't quite dialed in enough. It's not quite clear enough. And so it's easy Mm. to get distracted from what it is that you're trying to do. And You know, it's, I'm sure for you guys starting out too, like you probably started with just a few different types of skincare options. And then as you grow, I imagine you start to add more, more formulations and more products. But what was the next step? So you had the business plan, you had the name, what came next? So our next step was
2: actually starting to offer Ayurvedic body therapies, um, that actually came before we had formulated any of our products. And we decided to start offering those because we we knew that making the product formulations and dialing, dialing them into exactly how we wanted them to be was going to take some time. And so we figured, like, why not just get, really, it was Trudy. She was like, let's just, like, get this going. She's like, you know, this is going to take some time to make the formulation. So like, why don't we start offering our services? We should rent this really beautiful space that we found in downtown Grass Valley. And like, let's just start somewhere. And, you know, I was definitely hesitant at first. I was like, I don't know, are we ready? Like, (laughs) do we want to start doing those services? This wasn't like our main, um, our main point of the business but like yeah we do have this knowledge and yeah we do feel comfortable in offering these in a professional setting um, I had been working at a Panchakarma center where I was already offering Abhyanga and Shirodhara and all of these therapies professionally. So I, I mm. felt really confident being able to like start doing that on our own. Yeah. So yeah, we did it and we started offering the services and we figured that could be a great way to start generating some income while we were formulating the products. And um, our first product that we started with was our aromatherapy spritzers. Um, And I think originally we we knew for sure we wanted to start with making medicated body oils Mm. um, through this really beautiful herbal infusion three-day process that we learned um, from the Ayurveda College, a really traditional way of making the oils. Um, But yeah, we actually started with these spritzers first um, because it was an idea that kind of just popped into our heads too. Um, I had made a spritzer for a friend. An aromatherapy spritzer. And she loved it. And she was like, you have to tell me where you bought that. And then that's kind of when it clicked is like, that should be our first product. That's really something easy that we can get going and launch right away. Um, so yeah, that's where we started with that. And then after the aromatherapy spritzers came out, then we came out with our body oils. And then um, yeah, we've just continued to add on more and more products since then.
0: And so currently in 2019, what's your current product range?
1: Including like the different sizes. For example, we have a two ounce aromatherapy spritzers. We have four ounce aromatherapy spritzers. And I think I counted the other day, we have like 65 products in total, including like the different sizes that you can purchase the products at.
0: Oh wow, <laughs> that's a lot of work. Is it just <laughs> is it just you guys, or do you have people working with you or for you helping out? Um,
2: we have three Ayurvedic practitioners that help us to formulate. Our, well, we make all the formulations, but they help us to um, make the products and. It's really amazing being so close to the California College of Ayurveda where we studied um, because we can meet all these beautiful people who also went to the same school and did the exact same training as we did um, so it's really easy to bring on these other practitioners because they all they learned how to make products in the exact same way that we did um, so then they're able to just easily follow our recipes and and help us make our products. Um, so yeah, we have three women that help us with our product making and then we actually just brought on another ayurvedic practitioner that's been helping us with more of our like shipping and packaging
0: and all of that. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And it's I don't know, you guys can tell me what your experience has been and you guys are kind of in more of I would say you know, there's a couple of hotspots in the US for um, Ayurvedic communities, and you're certainly (laughs) in one of them. So maybe your experience has been different. But I feel like Ayurveda is still a fairly unknown practice in the West. And education around it is a little hazy, like you might see, you know, an article in Yoga Journal or something. And that's as about as mainstream as it might get, like, okay, what's your dosha or eat for your dosha? Um, Have you guys, so first of all, I think it's amazing because you can support people who are coming out of the college that you went to and probably are looking for jobs and can continue to build that community. Um, But have you guys noticed that? Like, has there been any sort of an educational issue in terms of what is Ayurveda and why should you use Ayurvedic products? Or basically, has it just been look at our beautiful products and then people who are curious or know about Ayurveda already purchase them?
1: I think it's both things. You know, if people already have some knowledge of Ayurveda, of course, it's pretty quick for them to choose what they want to purchase from us. Uh, But most times people do not know what Ayurveda is, or maybe they just know a little bit about Ayurveda. And that's really part of our mission as a company is to introduce people into the science and also educate people about Ayurveda, um, just starting with the basics. So if you visit our website about... mm, It is an e-commerce site, but half of it is just dedicated to introducing Ayurveda to people. We have an introduction to Ayurveda section. We break down each dosha. Um, you can take a quiz to discover your predominant doshas and like what that means for your skin type and diet and things like that. So it's interesting cause it's, you know, it's a positive thing and maybe a challenging thing about our products because We'll never run run out of things to talk about, you know, <laughs> with, like, content and education, which is awesome. Like, it's it's a really interesting um, topic for people. And then also it can be difficult sometimes if people don't really understand, like, what the products are supposed to do. But we try to make the products, like, on the labels. For example, the aromatherapy spritzers, we say vata aromatherapy spritzer and below it it says a grounding spritzer so to ground so we try to really communicate what the product is and why you would want it or why you want to incorporate into your life we do it in the ayurvedic terms and also the layman terms and um our labels too like we try to provide as much information as we can so people just understand what what this product's used for. And we think that the products are a great gateway Mm. into the science of Ayurveda.
0: And that's really part of our mission too. That's amazing. And I think that's such a a beautiful mission to have because I think everybody I've talked to, experience has been once you get introduced to Ayurveda and start understanding it and studying it and practicing it, it changes your life. And it's so it's like before Ayurveda and after Ayurveda, (laughs) it's like a very clear delineation in how we choose to express ourselves in our lifestyle. And I know, um, for example, this is one of my most fun days. And I had been emailing you guys, I don't know, a a few weeks ago when we were scheduling this podcast about, oh, it was Dina Charya Day and my teacher training. And that's always the most exciting day. Like people, because for pretty much everybody in my trainings here in Norway, you can imagine um, our our access to content is even more limited. Um, Not, of course, online, but in person. And everybody, I I give everybody like a copper tongue scraper. And it's just the most magical, amazing thing. And everybody's so excited. And I love that. And I think it's just like what you were saying, um, Trudy, about how there's you guys are never going to run out of stuff to talk about related to Ayurveda. And that educational component is going to be infinite. And so yeah, it's just it's super exciting. And I think people get really jazzed about it. And so I totally agree with your statement that, you know, the body care products and skincare products are a really great gateway. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: definitely. And that does sound like a really fun, exciting day on a, for a teacher training <laughs> Dean Acharya day. I like that.
0: Yes. I'm going to use that. <laughs> what I want to ask you guys, and I'm curious if you have the same answer or if you have different answers, but, um, what's your, th- first of all, your favorite product that you make, and then overall, your favorite Dinacharya ritual?
2: Oh, that's a hard question. Because <laughs> obviously, I love all of our products. Um, what is my favorite that we make? I don't know. I feel like they're all, I have different favorites for different reasons. Like, you know, just all of our oils. I love the the time that we put into making them and infusing the herbs in. And that includes our body oils, our nasty oil, and our oil pulling oils. Like all of those, I love just the infusion process of the herbs and adding that all into the oil and then adding the essential oils. Like I just feel like it makes our oils really special and really potent and is kind of like taking the oils to just like another step further beyond what, um, a lot of other people are offering. So I love that we're, um, bringing that Ayurvedic tradition to the modern day society and offering that through our products. Um, but I feel like my current favorite, because this is one of our newer products is probably our golden milk. Mm. I love drinking it such a tasty formula. I love all the herbs that I'm getting. Um, we add ashwagandha and shatavari into our formula. So oh. not only are you getting all of the benefits of the turmeric for it, its anti-inflammatory benefits and its um, blood purifying and the whole overall formula is just great for digestion, but it also has those um, the adaptogens that help with the body to, and mind to cope with stress. So I love that. Um, I feel like it's a nice, well-rounded formula. Um, And it's been really fun doing demos and kind of taking it on the road and going to different natural food stores that carry our products and um, just seeing people's reactions when they try it. Um, I especially love when there's someone who's hesitant to it. And at first they're like, golden milk like what's that like that sounds weird or why is it that color they seem like really off put by it and then once they try it I just love seeing their face and how they're like "Ooh, like that's actually really good and like (laughs) cool like I like drinking herbs this can be a delicious way and practice and thing I can do for myself an easy way to intake them and it can be fun and enjoyable So I really love that experience. I love that about the golden milk. I love that it's becoming just kind of like a more common thing that's offered um, in cafes. And just you're seeing it around more and more. Um, So yeah, I think that's probably my current favorite product. And then I think my favorite Dinacharya practice has got to be, oh man, I think it's probably, I think tongue cleaning is definitely the one that like, I could not start my day without like absolutely not I need to scrape my tongue first thing in the morning and if I don't know I just always have my tongue cleaner but let's say I don't I would like use a spoon or find something that yep. I could use to, to just get that ama off my tongue um that's a definite for me and then I really love that paired with oil pulling um you know oil pulling even tongue cleaning too both of them tongue cleaning, like, it took me a while to really get that embedded in my day-to-day practice. Um, I just always forget. And so I'd have to, like, leave it out right in front of the sink and make sure I remember to see it. Um, And now, you know, that's a, a must. And same with oil pulling. That took some time to weave that in. But that's something that I just, I love doing every morning. I love having that extra time of silence while, Um, I can get some morning things done while also oil pulling.
0: Mm. That's so nice. And Trudy, what about you? So I think my favorite right
1: now, when you asked your favorite, I think I have to say the first thing that popped into my head, which I'm having a love affair with the Pitta Cleanser and Mask right now. I'm actually not using it uh, because I'm using... The Tridoshic Cleanser, but I'm definitely going to get the Pizza Cleanser and Mask next. And I don't know, it kind of, when I smell it, <laughs> it sounds funny, but it makes my eyes roll in the back of my head. Like, ah, uh, it smells so good. Oh, And it just feels seriously amazing because it's betonite clay, chickpea flour, oat flour, coconut milk, lavender, rose, amalaki, neem, aloe vera. Uh, I think it's essential oil coriander in there. and it feels so amazing on your skin. It's just soothing. It's great for inflammation um, or combination sensitive skin. But yeah, I just love how it feels. It's so luxurious. And my favorite Dinacharya, I think, Tongue cleaning for sure can't. That's something I do every day as well. Uh, but when I take a shower, I don't shower every day. But when I do, like I need body oil. I mm. need our Abianga oil, or else I just feel empty. Like my skin feels empty and dry, and I don't feel grounded. So that's what I love about Abhyanga, which is the term for Ayurvedic massage it's the application of medicated or herbal oil onto the skin. And it provides, um, if you're doing self-massage, you're going to help move the lymphatic system. The lymph doesn't move itself. So we need to get in there and move it. And you're going to get the nourishing properties of the oil and also the Actions of the herbs are going to seep into the skin and move into the bloodstream. So, you're going to receive the benefits of the herbs as well. So, it's a really beautiful practice. And we definitely encourage everyone to do abhyanga, especially women, uh, for your breast tissue and underneath in the underarms. There's lots of lymph there. So, it's really good to get in there and do an abhyanga for yourself.
0: Oh, I love that. And what do you, I know you guys have, um, the doshic oils. Do you have also just a general, um, Abhyanga oil formula? So
2: we have our tridoshic body oil. Um, tridosha is basically an equal balance of all three doshas. Um, So we decided that we wanted to also make a tridoshic line for someone who is either considered tridoshic, like their constitution just is more balanced between the three doshas, and also for someone who isn't necessarily experiencing imbalance. You know, they don't have dry vata skin, they're not having sensitive pitta skin, and they're not having oily kapha skin. So that would be someone who would choose a tridoshic Um, They're feeling balanced, but they just want to still be able to offer themselves an abhyanga, um, but not set themselves, you know, out of balance in any way. Um, And that body oil and the the Tridoshic line of products is also really great for, you know, let's say you just don't really know where you're at. Or if you're getting a gift for someone, you're not quite sure where they're at with the doshas. Then that's kind of a safe way to go. It's good for everyone and all
0: doshas. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, I would have to say for myself, the two practices I cannot live without are tongue scraping. That's <laughs> non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And and I travel a lot, and so um, I have different scrapers in in my different like travel kits um, because I've learned so like too many times when I go to brush my teeth and, and do my morning routine and I'm like no and it's yeah hopefully there's a spoon nearby um <laughs> and and Abhyanga it's uh it changed my life that was those were the two practices I first started doing and they're non-negotiable for me and I feel just kind of like what you were saying Trudy like I feel really off if I'm not mm-hmm. able to do that and it's it's so much more about it or so much more than just the benefits of the actual products so you're talking about the nourishment of the oil and then the benefits of the herbs getting into your bloodstream but even beyond that like a big part i think of the practice is also the self-care like not not just oh self-care okay a buzzword in 2019 but the care mm-hmm. of yourself and the energy and the emotion that you put into it and it's not just like viewing your body as a machine like okay get up have some breakfast, go to work, pay the bills, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, how do we actually create this very sweet relationship with ourselves and boost that lovingness, that kindness towards ourselves? And, and for me, I mean, that is that is the Abhyanga, the Sneha. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. good. And it's, it's just – and like what you were saying too, Leah, like having some time alone with yourself, like when you're doing your oil pulling in the morning – And Mm -hmm. it's hopefully, you know, I don't have kids, but my two huskies are pretty rowdy. (laughs) But usually, (laughs) um, you know, when I'm doing a lot of my self-care routines, I do at night. And it's the best part of my day when it's my transition and my dial down from working and teaching and a lot of external energy. And then at night, it's like, okay, I know, and my husband knows when I go into the bathroom, I'm going to be there for a while and (laughs) give me some space (laughs) so that I can enjoy and use the essential oils. And the whole process is so, so grounding and so lovely and so um, supportive of my relationship with myself. And so can you guys talk about like maybe your philosophy behind what you're hoping people will do with your products and, and your kind of beliefs around the self-care aspect as well? Sure. Yeah. Let's see. Hmm. I think what we
1: would love to see people to do is just reconnect with the energetics of the herbs, like reconnect instead of just buying something off the shelf that has all these synthetic ingredients, like coming back into the understanding that the earth really does provide us with everything we need. Um, so I think that's really a beautiful process is just reconnecting with the elements and the herbs. And what was the second question?
0: I'm sorry, Jessica. Oh no, that's okay. I, it's, it was just kind of more a general, like, uh, philosophy about of self care of self care. Yeah. Like what, your experiences have been and why, I mean, you guys built a business around this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think
1: having that time for yourself during the day is really important. It's going to make you feel calmer, more grounded, more self-aware. And it's really just a way of bringing yoga into your life, consciousness into your life. And I think for us, we want people to feel empowered to take care of their own health. Ayurveda has a lot of preventative tools that they have in their toolkit to just help us feel healthy and feeling our best and being able to notice when we aren't feeling our best. So when you're taking time out of your day every day for self-care, it's like all those things you do every day they're gonna add up and they're gonna add up in a positive healthy way right instead of like doing something that's not in harmony with the body like this self-care practice is going to bring you bring you closer to your true self and closer to understanding how your body feels when it's feeling its best um also with self-care, because there's so many things you can do in Ayurveda for Dinacharya for self-care, and I think it can be a little overwhelming at first for people. So something that Leah and I encourage is that people just start with one thing, you know, pick one thing that you're really drawn to, and just try to incorporate that into your life for the first two weeks or four weeks, and one that feels really normal and routine for you, like it should feel like, oh, I always need a tongue clean. It's like brushing your teeth, right? Like you wouldn't leave the house without doing it. So just people incorporating these things slowly. And of course, Ayurveda says, oh, do these things in the morning, your Dinacharya. But like you, Jessica, I also have more time in the evening. Um, like I usually shower and Abhyanga in the evening instead of the morning. So not getting hung up with, oh, I got to do it in the morning, just as long as you're doing it in the day, like that, that's more important than not doing these practices.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's such a wonderful piece of advice is that if when people are starting to dip a toe into Ayurveda, and perhaps changing some of their lifestyle and some of their their personal routines, making it okay for it not to be an all or nothing practice. Like start where you are, start small, set yourself up for success. And then as you get more confident, yeah, then you can start to add more things in or perhaps get more dedicated to a longer ritual or a longer self-care process. But um, I think that's a big part of, and this is something I'm seeing with a lot of kind of the younger uh, generation of like Ayurvedic practitioners and Um, people really in the Ayurveda space is I think a lot of people and you guys included in this are really doing a good job of making it seem or making it not even seem but make it accessible like making sure that this ancient wisdom can be relevant and important for the average person or the average yogi and not have it be this kind of esoteric, like, okay, you must chant for, you know, eight mm-hmm. <laughs> X, Y, and Z and do this and do that. It's like, no, if you only have five minutes, then you do something. If you have an hour, great, you do more.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And I think we just really want to encourage people to be able to make their Dinacharya their own. So if you're feeling like you resonate with one practice, but not another one, you know, you can pick and choose what you feel is right for you and what you need. You know, that's what Ayurveda is all about is really honoring our differences and honoring that we're all unique. So, you know, we don't, yeah, everyone can make their practice their own in whatever way works for them.
0: Yeah. And, you know, something that's so funny, I'm going to share with you just as a kind of a a point of interest. Um, you know, I'm based in Norway. My school is here. I, I teach mostly in Scandinavia. And um, in Norway, it's very interesting because there is this kind of social law called Jenteloven. And basically what Jenteloven is, is it's this idea that's very deeply ingrained in the society here. Although the younger generations will say, no, it's no longer a thing. But I think it still is. Uh, basically, it's this, this unwritten law that nobody is different or better than anybody else in society. So it's this very um, unilateral opinion, like we're all the same, we all you know, deserve to have the same rights and obligations. And it's great in, in theory. But then you bring in something like Ayurveda, which says the exact opposite. <laughs> we're all individual, mm-hmm. we have to honor, honor our differences. Um, I haven't really encountered too much resistance, but it's just I always laugh a little bit when I start talking about Ayurveda in Norway, because it's at the very top, I'm like, okay, this is what Ayurveda is. And it's, we all have our unique doshic compositions and it's about finding our balance and our harmony. And what's in balance for me is not going to be in balance for you. It's not going to be in balance for him. And so it's just kind of ironic. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's interesting. Interesting. I mean, I think they could go along together in the sense that we all have the five elements ether, air, fire, water, and earth within us, but they they manifest in a different way. So yeah, we are all kinda in we're all alike. We're all human. We're all sharing this human experience. And that could be a way of maybe trying to unite those two philosophies together.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it hasn't been a problem, but I just I laugh a little bit because it's, um, they're just very different philosophies or viewpoints, I guess.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Thanks for sharing with us that i never heard of that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a Norwegian thing. Um, hmm. so beyond or, um, outside of the scope of Ayurveda, what are some other practices that you guys like to incorporate into your life? Um, yoga, meditation, like what else do you do? to kind of keep you centered and keep you grounded and especially running a, a growing business.
2: Um, so definitely I'd say, you know, my, my dina practice in my morning is definitely um, probably the most important thing that does keep me centered. Um, just having, allowing the time to do all my self care rituals and just really make time for myself and my health and my well being. Um, I feel like that really helps ground me out so that I can start my day really clear and focused. Um, I like having some um, pranayama and meditation included in my morning um, when I do have time. You know, it, it doesn't always happen that way, but um, that definitely helps me to feel like my best self. And in my meditations lately, I've really been um, enjoying doing more visualizations and kind of just, um, yeah, visualizing what it is that I'm trying to manifest, manifest and bring into my life. And also just kind of sitting with like, what that feels like, like what it's going to feel like when I do manifest that and what that manifested festation actually feels like in my body. Um, so I've, I've been really enjoying that in my meditations and also working with um, positive affirmations and kind of using those as my own personal mantra that I can kind of always come back to throughout my day. And and I can always kind of just be there for myself as a nice support through the way that I'm speaking to myself, and the things that I'm I'm saying, and the thoughts that I'm having throughout my day, um, and then also I think probably my my most focused practice where I'm like fully in my body is my hatha practice. Um, I I I love going to my class, and if my teacher is super um disciplined and alignment based and it's I love Hatha because it's just really slow moving and it's it really I can be fully present into the practice during that hour and a half and 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 really just like learning about my body through all these little adjustments that I can make and ways that I can hold the pose in a different way or more ideal way. Um so yeah those are probably all my my most important ways to help myself feel really grounded and, um, yeah, just really centered.
0: Mm, I love that. Those are really strong practices. Thanks.
1: I, I'd probably add for Leah to walks in nature with Osito, mm, mm-hmm. her mm. Pomeranian. Yay. He's such a little cutie. He's here right now.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, that's definitely an important time of the day and runs. He, he has little legs, but <laughs> he's really good at keeping <laughs> up with <his feet. laughs> me. He is fast. Um,
1: for me, I would say, yeah, I have two dogs, a husky and a lab German shepherd mix, and they are a handful so I love walking them every morning, like rain or shine, I'll get out there. <laughs> My husband, will be like, I can't believe you're walking them right now. I'm like,
0: it's what we do. We just
1: do it. Yeah. It's great. Like,
0: <laughs> well, and if you don't, then they are not going to let you rest for the rest of the day. <laughs> no, you won't get any work done. It's so true. Like, you just got to do it.
1: And it's nice, you know, even getting outside when the weather is not great is just going to be really balancing to the body and mind and even if it's raining and bad weather you're still connecting with the earth and that's really important and is always going to make you feel so much better once you're done and also i've been loving uh doing ashtanga yoga um getting into the mysore room and like we, I, I like that discipline of the practice and it's really, I feel like I was stagnant in my yoga practice. So it's really making me recommit and yeah, I think for the first time in a while, really that's something that's all about me. Mm-hmm. Like the dog walks, you know, like I'm motivated because of like the, I want the dogs to feel good and I feel great too, but I think my yoga practice is like the one thing thing that I do in my life currently, that's really all for me. And that, that feels good to carve out that time. Um, and I also love cooking too. When I have the time to like be in the kitchen and cook, that's, that's really nice
0: for me as well. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Cooking and being at home, just being able to land a little bit and and ground and decompress and Yeah, it's funny. So I, my husband and I, we live outside of Oslo and, um, we bought a house, like an old historic home that we're renovating and we're like in the woods by the river, just like in nature. And it's so quiet and wonderful, but then we both work in the city. (laughs) So it's, it's like a dual kind of lifestyle when you go into Oslo and it's just, you know, gritty and then you get to come home and it's like quiet and peaceful and it's, um, yeah, it's great. And you should tell your husband, Trudy, that um, when he asks you why you're taking your dogs for a walk, you can say, well, at least we don't live in Norway and walking the dogs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because it is,
0: yes, it is rain or shine or snow or more snow. <laughs> Those are the right. options. Yeah.
1: And the Huskies are like, let's do this. It's snowing. There's a blizzard, bomb. This is perfect dog walking weather
0: oh they rev up and I have um <laughs> I have like this belt that I have to wear and it's like a heart like a climbing harness and they <laughs> I mean they're <laughs> they love one of them was uh we adopted her from a um company so oh, she was wow. being trained to be a dog sled dog or yeah a dog sled racer and you know they just have cool. that pull in them and it's it's hard work taking them yeah. for a walk <laughs> I get a workout it really is Man, I want to see a photo of your two huskies. Maybe you can send us one. Yeah, I will. They're they're really cute. cute. They're um yeah, but it's my husband always jokes he's like, "Let's get one more, one more." And I'm like, "I can't <laughs> handle the two we have."
2: <laughs> yeah, that's cute.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, but I mean, I'm with you getting out in nature even when it's bad weather. It's, you know, and that's the principle of Ayurveda too is when we connect to nature like it shifts something within us and we can realign a little bit. And moving to Norway was certainly not a huge adjustment because I lived in the mountains in Utah. And so I was used to the snow and I'm from Idaho, cold and snowy. But mm-hmm. definitely the, um, the biggest change is how in the summer we have 24 hours of daylight and in the winter it's 24 hours of darkness depending where in the country you live in oslo we're more south so it's more like mm, five or six hours difference so it's not as bad but still uh i used to live in Trondheim, which is kind of in the middle of the country and it was in december you got three hours three and a half hours of daylight and in the no in the winter yeah that's how much daylight you got and then in the summer you only got three hours of darkness and it was never really dark and so that really messes crazy. with your clock. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I always thought it'd
1: be like so trippy to live in a place like that. Just to experience that would be crazy. Do you? Yeah. Kind of like, is there? Are there some things you enjoy about it now that you're used to it? Like, it's kind of. It could be kind of cool, but yeah, also very like vitiating for the doshas and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of want to like experience what that would be like. Yeah. I've never been in a place like that. Yeah. Well, Especially
0: you can come visit. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing actually that was most surprising to me. Um, everybody always talks about the winners and it's so dark and people get so depressed and you have to have your... Um, your lamp and you have to take your vitamin D. And so I was like all prepared for winter. I'm like, okay, I've got to make sure that I have my routine. I get out of bed, I'm going. And even when it's dark and it's 3 PM. And that's one thing dogs are are great for. They keep their routines no matter what we do. And yeah, but it was actually the summer that I struggle the most. Um, And we have blackout curtains and I sleep with an eye mask and, I keep – I go to bed at the same time. I get up at the same time. But my body is very sensitive to just like even the smallest amount of light coming in through the cracks or um, coming in underneath my eye mask. And so I actually – the first summer I lived here, I was hugely vitiated and it really caught me off guard because I wasn't thinking about it. But it was the sunlight that got me, not the darkness. So Mm -hmm. now I'm trying – I've been here three years almost. So this will be my third summer coming up. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very hard to just be like, okay, what can I do to dial down when I'm so energized by the light? Cause we don't have it Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the other half of the year. Um, but yeah, you probably
2: really have to get your Ayurvedic practices dialed in to really help motivate you and get you out of the like yeah, hibernation mode of the darkness in the winter and then also help to like really calm you down to get you out of just like the activation of the sun. Because I know for me, I'm like such a sun worshiper. I feel like I would just be like in pizza work mode (laughs) the whole time the sun was up and be like, there's so much to do, like seize the day, I can get so much done. It's like light out all the time. But yeah, you got to really calm
0: your mind down. Yeah, it's bad. So it's definitely harder for sure to keep like normal routines throughout the year. But it's, yeah, just the discipline, I think. And and that's a struggle. So we do the best mm-hmm. we can. And, you know, more days than not, I get it right. And so for the days I don't, it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to have a little compassion <laughs> here because it's, mm-hmm. it can be rough. But I just, I think of the people who live where it's so dramatic when they live up north. And it's like literally mm-hmm. the sun goes down in the winter. The sun goes down in like um, end of October. And they do not see the sun again until like March. Like crazy. literally do not see the sun for five months. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. It's that very intense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, you guys can be grateful for where you live and you have seasons. Yeah. But at least it's a little bit more predictable yes Mm -hmm. yes
1: we definitely get all the seasons where we live here in northern california we're we're in the sierra nevada foothills kind of next to lake tahoe but i think it's perfect because you get all the seasons but it's not too extreme it does get really hot though we're we're near we're definitely we're close to a lot of the fires from last summer so Really grateful for all the rain we've received this winter. We're still, it's still raining, so that's good.
0: Oh, that is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's devastating. Oh, Mother Earth is mm-hmm. not happy.
1: Mm-hmm. No, she's not.
0: Um, well, and oh, go it's ahead. Incredible.
1: It's incredible how she regenerates herself too. She's like, you know, it's pretty amazing what she can withstand from all of us.
0: Yeah. It's it's magic. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. it's beyond what's oh, easy to comprehend.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: So I have a couple uh other questions for you guys before we wrap up here. Um the first question, I'm sure this is something that you get a lot, and I imagine a lot of people listening would be curious. Um It's basically many people's dreams to like start a skincare line and especially organic and natural. And then you guys are focused on Ayurveda. And what do you think like some of the biggest lessons from starting your skincare company are that you've learned? Like if somebody's like, oh, I want to do that. And you're like, well, let me tell you about the reality. (laughs) Like what were (laughs) were some challenges perhaps that you've encountered along the way or, or things you weren't expecting that you just didn't know until you knew them?
2: Um, I wouldn't say this is specifically for starting a skincare business, but just starting any business. Um, Trudy and I kind of just have been learning as we go. So yeah, we're just, it's, we've just learned so much along the way and there's always so much more to learn. Um, so it's definitely just a beautiful process of growth and, learning and really, um, needing to stay motivated and dedicated and really passionate. I think those are definitely important, necessary components to starting a business.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm dedication and perseverance. I think Mm -hmm. you got to stay the course even when it's hard. Yeah. And that's the, right. Yeah. Like the unsexy answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think there are a lot of things like the, cause it sounds like, Oh, that's so cool. And it is so cool. Like starting your own business and developing it. But yeah, a lot of it is unsexy. Like we just pick up the slack where it needs to get picked up and you you never have time off. Like even when, if we go out of town or on "quote unquote" vacation, you're always still working. You know, especially just starting up and being in year five, uh, your mind never turns off from it. Like we pretty much eat, live, breathe Pavani. Like <laughs> yeah, it's know. like our child. Mm, it's definitely like our child. Um, Leah and I. Just have dog babies and fur babies and Pavani. Pavani's five years old and <laughs> takes a lot of time. So, yeah, I, I think if you're going to start your own business, just make sure that you believe in it 100% wholeheartedly and realize there's going to be setbacks. Things take time and, yeah, staying the course is really important. Just keep going. Like, don't give up. And I think about that, like, when I was 10, I played guitar. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just keep playing. And then I didn't. But imagine if, you know, I'm 33. Now, I would have been playing guitar for 23 years, I'd be pretty good by now. So it's like, just sticking (laughs) with something is really important. But um,
0: yeah, sticking with it, if you're if that's where your heart is, you know, so. Yeah. And yeah, picking up the slack where no one else will. When you work for yourself, like if you don't do it, nobody else does. And even if you have employees or even if you have people working with you or a part of your team, um, that's the thing that I think a lot of people, they're like, Oh, it's great, you own your own business, you can set your own hours, you can work when you want to, you can take time off when you want to. And you're like, Yeah, yes and no. Um, there's always a fire to be put out and there's Certainly, of course, boundaries we can set in terms of how, mm-hmm. so we're not constantly like on fight or flight with like, okay, what's that email? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? But mm-hmm. for me, that's that's been my biggest takeaway. And I wasn't surprised by it, but it's constantly reinforced to me. And that's just the hard work, pure hard work, putting one foot in front of the other and keep going. Um, my business will be four this year and mm-hmm. it's you know some days i'm like wow that's amazing four years and then on the other hand i'm like well yeah but i mean i showed up every single day of those four years mm-hmm. <laughs> for my business mm-hmm. and yeah. so it's you got to really want it
2: yeah you yes. really do and and i think what you said about having the boundaries i think that's super important because yeah like trudy said you can live eat sleep your business so <laughs> <laughs> you can't and that's just not sustainable. You know, you'll burn out if you're constantly in work mode. So I think that was one thing we definitely also had to learn along the way was setting our boundaries, you know, really taking our weekends off and like putting Pavani aside and having a time just for ourselves and the other things that we love to do in our lives. Um and so so yeah, it doesn't just take over and um, yeah. So I think the boundaries are really important because the to-do list just really never ends. You know, it's like, there's always things to be accomplishing. So, um, yeah, it's important.
0: Yeah.
1: And also I think being in a partnership is really, really, really hard for people. Yeah. That was what I wanted to ask about. What Mm -hmm. is it like 50% or at least half partnerships and like never work out and I think Leah and I are like, super lucky, like the way that we work together, because it's not always pretty. And we knew that from the beginning. But Leah is definitely my wife. Like I have a husband, and mm-hmm. Leah's my wife. And people ask us that like, Oh, so having business partners, it really like having, uh, are you like married to them? I'm like, yeah, pretty much like, because <laughs> you know, we see all sides of each other. But, uh, you know, there's that. But then, Also, it's so supportive, like, Leah and I could finish each other's thoughts and sentences, like, we both know the ins and outs of the company, and that's really great to just have somebody that can be like, hey, you know, yeah, don't feel bad that you're taking a break, like, it's encouraging, like, we always encourage each other, like, oh, I really want to go to yoga, but I don't know, and the other one will be like, no, you should go, like, so it's really nice to have that support system and um, also just have different creative ideas being bounced off each other. So we're really lucky to have one another and be in partnership together. So it's really a fun, unique uh, situation we're in.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that is truly like a testament to your personalities and your, your communication because I would say just anecdotally, every single partnership, I know of and I've never been in one. Um but business partnership within the yoga or wellness space has ended. I don't I don't know of a single one that has like continued on. And you know that's Mm-mm. not to discourage people from doing it. I think if it's the right person, the right opportunity, then it can be something really beautiful. But I think a lot of people get into partnership out of fear. And they're like, "Oh, I don't have enough mm. money to do it on my own. I don't I'm not sure what I'm doing or um, and so kind of starting off on the wrong foot possibly i don't know cuz mm-hmm. like i said i've never done it but um i have a practical question that i'm just really curious about do you guys have um a written contract in place partnership agreements <laughs> um it's funny you ask that because
2: we've been told by multiple people that we should have a partnership agreement it's really important to have and we've we've definitely discussed it and I think we've like written out a little something that we don't even know where it is. At this <laughs> we point.
1: did one once, like online, and <laughs> Leah had saved it and we were like, we don't know where it went though.
2: Yeah, and it was very brief, not that detailed. You know, we did mm-hmm. talk about like the really important um things, like if someone, you know like how to leave the business, how we deal with all that. But yeah, we just, um, yeah, we just haven't done it. And I just feel like we both fully trust one another and each other's intentions and just like our, both our equal love for the business. So I don't know. I don't know if we really need that. Like, I just, I trust that you know, something came up and we hit a major bump in the road that we would be able to settle it in a fair manner.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think we'd be able to just because like our core and our essence, like we just understand each other. And yeah, I just know everything would be, we would make everything amicable. And I know people are like, oh yeah, right. But like, Truly, honestly, in my heart and soul, I know that. And it's like, yeah, we would just, I think we've been able to be very cut and dry with those things and like not get emotions involved cause it is a business and we know that. Um, but we're an LLC, so we were a partnership and now we're an LLC just to, you know, protect our own personal things with the company. So we we're
0: happy we did that. Um, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's your business and you know, however that goes is totally up to you guys. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely, there's probably some people though who are like, no, no, um, get a partnership agreement in writing for (laughs) sure. It's, my background's in law. So, when I hear that's why I asked. Oh, yes. Because mm-hmm. I always always tell people get an agreement like if you're working at a studio, make sure you have an agreement about when you can ask for a raise, you know, like every little thing, I think. Yeah. Because in Yeah. In the, that's something that, we should
1: probably do. Like we 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 did one we just don't
2: know where it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We could do it again, you know, and, and neither of us have kids yet. And so we've talked a lot about like, okay, if someone gets pregnant, like, what will that look like? How, you know, how will we make sure that that's still fair? And, but really like then we sit down and we're like, but how do we really know what that's going to be like? Like everyone's Mm pregnancy is so different. Like maybe you'll be able, one of us will be able to work until, you know, eight months pregnant, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. So we kind of have a hard time with that too, because we're like, how do we really know like what the situation's gonna be like?
0: Yeah. Well, and I imagine for you guys it's a little different too, because you guys kind of grew up together in a sense. Like you went to school together. And I think studying Ayurveda changes you in such a profound way. And you guys I mean, talking it was it was like you were dating <laughs> in college. And then you graduated <laughs> college and you got married. You started your business. Um so study. Yeah, but it's it's true, you know, so I, I I can definitely understand that the level of trust there is, is very deep for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the final question I want to ask you guys before we say adios is, um, you had mentioned at the beginning of our episode that really your love and passion lies in the herbalism and that aspect of Ayurveda. And, I'm wondering if in the future um, that might be an arm of Pavani in terms of if you're going to be offering more herbal products or supplements.
2: Yeah, that's funny you asked that because that actually is something we are currently starting. Um Trudy, should I, should I say what it is that can we share what we're launching soon or should we wait? Oh yeah, let's share it. Okay, so yeah, so in a few weeks we are about to launch our first herbal supplement that we are going to have available and it's going to be trifla.
0: Oh, oh, that's amazing.
2: Yeah, so trifla is a traditional Ayurvedic formula of three Ayurvedic herbs. They're all berries, um, Amalaki, Harataki, and Bibitaki and each of them are... Balancing to each of the doshas, So together it's a tridoshic formula and it's really great for digestion um, tonification of the colon. Um, so it's just a really great supplement to be taking daily just to help to make sure that um, yeah, digestion is happening properly and um, everything's basically all the ama is getting cleansed out of the body as well. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to start having that. And that's going to be the beginning of more supplements and herbs that we're going to have to offer. Um, and we also have, um, discussed coming out with some churnas, um, Mm. for each, some dosha specific churnas that people can add to their cooking or drink with water. And so, yeah, lots of that to come on the horizon.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Congratulations, you guys. That's, that's impressive. Thank you. Yes. Oh, so cool. Okay. So that actually brought up one more question. <laughs> Sorry. Um, where do you where do you source your herbs from? Like, do you grow them? Do you have them? Are they local? Or so we get a lot of our herbs
1: from Mountain Rose, which is located yeah. in Oregon, and Starwest Botanicals. But we also work with um, a gentleman in Reno and he's actually from India and we source a lot of our, our Indian herbs from him. Um, let me see the Chakrapani Ayurveda clinic and research center. So we, we work with them and we source a lot of herbs directly from India that are organic. And it's, it's really fun working with them because, they'll show us like oh no we have the best turmeric and here's why like we take off the skin of the turmeric and you're just left with the powder and you don't want the skin on the turmeric because it has can have like bacteria and things like that so it's really cool to see directly where we're sourcing the herbs and um yeah Leah and I want to go to India soon and um, our friend where we get the herbs from, he's like, yeah, you'll need to come to my farm. We can do some tour visits, things like that. So, yeah, Mountain Rose, Star West, and our our good friend that sources a lot of herbs for us from directly from India.
0: Oh, that's cool. Well, that will be a fun trip when you guys take it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, ladies, thank you so much for um, taking some time out of your day. I know it was a little bit of a trek to, to get the uh, technology gods to line up, but it happened and um, it's super cool to just see everything that you're creating. I mean, your logo, your brand is beautiful. Um, so it's, thank you. Thank you. It's cool. It's inspiring to see, you know, this kind of fresh approach to Ayurveda, I think, um, mm-hmm. to get more people and, and expand the conversation and expand the community and yeah so thank you guys and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day thank you so much thank Jessica, you. for having us we yeah. really appreciate it
2: yeah
1: bye bye bye
2: thank you bye.